Hello, and welcome to another episode of ERG Power Talk. I'm your host, Joe Santana. That clip is from the song, What's on Your Mind? Pure Energy by Paul Robb and Kurt Harlan, performed by the group Information Society. And it's a perfect way to introduce this episode on how we can inject some pure energy into everything that we do. As a busy person with a full-time job plus leading an ERG, I'm sure that from time to time you might find your batteries running a bit low. And yet you might see someone else who just seems to glide through life despite all the same pressures. This is the person who can quickly get everybody on the same page and harness their energy, break past obstacles in their way, and just get it done and have enough gas in their tank to walk out the door with a spring in their step. Have you ever wondered how they do it? Were they just born that way? Well, the short answer is no. And today, our guest is going to show us how any one of you, regardless of where you are now in your journey as an ERG leader, can kick up your performance into high gear with just a few powerful techniques. It's a supercharged show, but before we bring in our guests, let's take a moment to visit our mission and acknowledge our sponsors. This is ERG Power Talk, and I'm your host, Joe Santana. The purpose of ERG Power Talk is to provide a forum for the exchange of great ideas and inspiration for ERG leaders, as well as others who are interested in supporting ERGs. No more waiting until the next conference and praying that you have the budget to travel to the conference in order to find great ideas and stimulation toward action. Just subscribe and listen at your convenience. Before we begin, a quick note of thanks to our supporters and sponsors. Behringer Ingelheim, CVS Health, Dollar General, Freighter Health and Wisconsin Medical College, Mass Mutual, McCormick, Johnson Controls, Pitney Bowes, Daimler Trucks North America, and Sony Pictures Entertainment. Now, let's go straight to the program. Our guest today is a graduate from the University of Aberdeen Medical School and the former consultant child psychiatrist for NHS Grampian. He's currently a keynote speaker who speaks to wealth health, and tech audiences on a variety of mental improvement topics that help his clients manage their minds so that they can better manage their bottom lines. He's a TEDx speaker and a fellow Vistage speaker. My name is Dr. Tarika Gunarathna. People call me Dr. T. Dr. T, welcome to the show. Tell us a little more about your background as a medical doctor and your current consultancy practice. Joe, it's really great to be here. I've been a medical doctor for 15 years, specialized in psychiatry, which is medicine of the mind. And over recent years, I've taken what I understand about how people think, how people make decisions, how they take actions, and crucially, how they get results. And I put that and more into the hands of people in business so that they can take their game from great to a whole lot greater. So I'm talking about emotional intelligence, I'm talking about cognitive biases, and even memory training. So really, as you said, I'm all about when you manage the mind, you manage your bottom line. So you are a board-certified medical doctor. And at some point in your career, you decided to go in a different direction. Did you plan this? What led you in that new direction? Joe, that's a great question. To be honest, I didn't plan it. It's something that just organically 
grew, you know, yeah. and growth is often messy, you know, plan it, it just kind of happens. And the, the, the long story short is that I was blessed to land a TEDx talk in 2016. I uh, was sitting in my office doing my emails and I saw an invite for a TEDx conference in my local area, that's Aberdeen in Scotland, the UK. And I thought, you know what, I'll apply for this. And the theme of the conference was shifting perspectives. And I thought to myself, huh, I kind of do that for a living. I try and help people see things differently to change their emotional response to the circumstances so they have a different set of outcomes. And I thought, well, hey, maybe I could share something on this particular stage. And uh, I got into the conference, I delivered the message, it went on YouTube, and then businesses and organizations watched the video, start to get in touch. And then from that point, it organically grew. And I realized that there are pieces of information, there are experiences, there are, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, sort of mechanics of the mind that I've picked up over the years that when I put it in the hands of people in business makes a massive impact on their life, um, on their team's life, their clients, and ultimately bottom line. In one of your TED Talks, I heard you talk about thoughts and their impact. You stated that thoughts are not something trivial and to be ignored. And I think you specifically said that thoughts are things that have a powerful physical nature to them. Can you tell our listeners what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, like we often think that because thoughts are invisible, they're not really of substance. They're 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 perhaps not even real. I just thought that it doesn't really count, right? <laughs> um, but the truth of the matter is, you know, that the the playground of your thought life, we would call the mind, which relies on the brain, is is full of connections, synaptic connections. In fact, Joe, there are more connections in your brain and my brain than there are stars in our galaxy. We're talking trillions of connections and lots of neurological pathways, which are like mini roads. There's a whole network of roads that are, that are in between our ears. And so when we have a thought, we're talking about real electrochemical activity, impulses, uh, neurological real estate, like physical protein changes that happen as we think. And so with that in mind, thoughts are powerful, thoughts thoughts are real, thoughts are powerful, they have an influence on what we become. Um, and so I take them seriously. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is it, it really matters what you think and how you think. Got it. In that same talk, you talk about the plasticity of the brain and how it actually physically changes based on how you use it. And I've read a lot about that topic myself, where let's say, for example, people that drive cabs in London were found to have larger hippocampuses because that's the part of the brain where you store spatial maps. And that same study talks about how people that have different types of occupations develop other areas of their brain. So the bottom line is that according to all of these studies, we can actually reshape our brain through whatever daily activity we take. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a helpful way of putting it. I often liken the brain to the muscles in your body and your skeletal body. So when you go to the gym and you start curling dumbbells, you build your biceps. And when you start doing leg squats, you build your glutes and your thighs. And um, the, 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 the main message there, of course, is that uh, the, the muscles that you work, you strengthen and you hypertrophy, you, you grow them. But there's the same can be likened, that metaphor can be likened to the brain as well. 
and the types of thinking that we do can strengthen those areas. So you mentioned the cabbie test or the, the, the London map test for taxi drivers and their hippocampi being larger because there are spatial cells in the brain, they're storing spatial memories. And oh my goodness, hippocampal regions are enlarged in these cabbie drivers. Why? Because they're working out those muscles, right? <laughs> they're, they're doing some cognitive heavy lifting and then creating mental muscle. But the same is true for those who are um, building their physical coordination. So, for example, um, our everyday example would be riding a bike. Yeah, we have to learn to do that. We get better at that. But then if you think about a skilled gymnast or a sprinter or a parkour runner or whatever, they are they are building their cerebellar memory um, and building muscle in that way. Um, but the same can go with innovative thinking. The same can go with confidence. The same can go with um, our ability to solve problems or our ability to think creatively or, quite importantly, our ability to stay calm under pressure. Mm. So, yes, you can, you know, there's a real biology to our performance and your, your, your brain is, is like a muscle. That's a great metaphor for developing the brain. So, like building the body, brain building takes exercise over time. It's not just making one decision and expecting your entire way of thinking to change overnight. Just like I don't go to the gym, do one session of weightlifting with my arms and immediately experience a gain of two inches on my biceps. It takes time. So, building our brain power... So we become more resilient, more calm, able to face various challenges, and able to get past obstacles also requires a regimen that we practice over time. Now, in your TED Talk, you spoke about three activities which I think are important parts of that brain-building regimen. First one was to dream. So I don't think you're talking about what I do every evening after a nice hot cup of chamomile tea. So tell us what you mean by dream. Yeah, sure. When I talk about dreaming, I'm really talking about lifting the ceiling off your thought life, um, getting rid of rate-limiting beliefs and thinking about what could be possible. So in other words, not, not basing our expectation on our level of experience, but elevating our expectation to that which could be. So when I talk about dreaming in the TED Talk, I'm talking about um, creativity, I'm talking about what would it be like if we could fly, you know, and the Wright brothers cracked that for us, you know, what would it be like if we could have a buttonless phone in our pocket so we could access the internet anytime we wanted to, Apple cracked that for us. What, what would life look like for us? What would our everyday life look like? What would work look like? What would the boardroom look like if we could access our, our, our ability to think without a ceiling, uh, to be able to um, override the naysayer thoughts that we have. Oh, it's not going to work. <laughs> oh, you know, people are going to laugh at us. Uh, no one's ever solved this before. Whatever. All of those very real negative thoughts that we have to fight with day in, day out. What if we could navigate through them and just go, no, no, like, what if it could be? Um, and that really is the basis of dreaming. It's, in a sense, common sense, but common sense isn't always common practice, and that's why it's worth talking about. I love the way you put that, dreaming without the ceiling of experience. This is incredibly important for resource group leaders and other DEI leaders who are change agents, because their first step 
is to conceptualize what could be which is different and not limited by what currently is. And as someone who coaches people, I've come across my share of people who let their experience limit their dreams. And as a result, they fall short as change agents. I remember one particular situation where I was working with this gentleman to resolve a thorny problem. And after carefully examining his problem, we came up with this solution that required some senior business leadership action. And the first thing he said was, that won't work in my company. And when I asked him why, he said, because my supervisor will just put the kibosh on that approach. So I pressed him a little more and said, well, have you tried this? Have you had the idea knocked down before or something similar? He said, oh, no, I would just never suggest anything like that because I know my supervisor. And my experience with him is he's not open to new ideas. So I gave this a few seconds of thought and said, so... In the theater of your mind, you've decided not to even attempt the potential game-changing solution because based on your experience, your boss doesn't like new ideas. And this is where it's all going to end, between your ears. So tell me, how do you expect to ever be successful as a change agent guided by that formula? Now, I'm happy to say that there was an aha moment for him, and he did take action. The world didn't collapse. It didn't move as quickly as we would have liked, but it didn't collapse either, and it did move. So it was a breakthrough for this particular client. But I think your point about dreaming without the limits or a ceiling of experience is really an important one for our listeners. And you can imagine what would have happened if you know the Wright brothers started thinking about building a flying machine and then said, you know what, that's crazy. I've never seen a person flying in a machine. Let's just stick to our steady printing business. So uh, yeah, so it's really an important point. So the next thing you talked about after dreaming was visualization. And I admit, at first I was a little confused because I thought, well, dreaming is sort of a form of visualization exercise. So what distinguishes one from the other? So the act of visualization is literally taking it a step further than dreaming. Dreaming can be conceptual. It's like, I have an idea. It's like, it's possible to to make X, Y, and Z happen. But visualization is literally going through the motions of picturing it in the screen of your mind. And we're starting to light up different brain areas when we start to get visual. And we're very visual beings. In fact, we will process visual images 60,000 times faster than text. That's how much the eye and the brain like imagery. And so when we visualize um, you know, an innovation, uh, you may want to, to visualize it in the hands of people and it's being used and the effect it's having on people. And uh, if you want to visualize uh, a sporting uh, act that you're going to take part in, then you may want to go through the motions of that too, step by step, blow by blow. And by the way, interestingly, Joe, uh, you know, when we visualize the areas of your brain or your motor cortex that would have been involved in those movements light up. Okay. So it's motor imagery. Like we literally are able to stimulate uh, physical muscle fibers just purely through thinking about moving those muscles. So there's a real consolidation process that goes when we go through the motions of visualization and you can do that, you know, like a guided visualization, you could listen to a, a visualization track, you could make your own whatever, or, 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 or just sit, meditate and picture. But the point, here is that we go from idea, which is often where the dreaming uh, stage takes you, uh, through to actually, how do I start to neurologically hardwire this as a reality? Got it. 
So in this stage, visualization, you're zooming into that dream, you're adding a lot of vivid detail. Okay, so now the final part of your regimen you called claiming. So what is claiming? Yeah. So if you want to go from idea to reality, as you and I both know, you know, idea is part of the puzzle, but action, strategic action is what, you know, it's execution that really makes the difference. And so claiming is about taking action. However, claiming the, 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 the mental or psychological posture you have when you claim something is literally a belief that that actually is mine. Right? So it's not um, a, a back-footed uh, hope and aspiration that that thing that I'm going after, you know, might work, it might happen, I might make it happen. But actually, there's this belief that, yeah, you know, like this opportunity is mine. This outcome is mine. This is something that belongs to me or something that I'm doing. I'm going to serve other people with. And it's almost a belief that it's a, it's, it's a done deal. Um, and that you have ownership over it already. You don't have to work toward ownership. You have ownership over that. Um, and so claiming is a, is an interesting psychological posture. It's a, it's a mindset posture. Got it. So claiming is about a sense of ownership and taking some action. So pull all this together for us from start to finish with a little more detail about how we drive ourselves through each of these stages. How do you see all these pieces fitting together for our listeners? I sort of see it as a three-tier cake or or, or, or three steps in a staircase. So I, I think that one one layer creates a foundation for, for the next. So if I, if I may, let me back up a little bit and go back down to dream. If folk feel like, you know what, I, I, my mind and my head is locked in my experience and I've got a lot of negative rate-limiting beliefs, then you can do simple exercises like, and I mentioned this in the talk, you know, playing that game that you did with your kids, practice creative thinking, look at the clouds and start calling out what you see. All right, so we're becoming non-literal in the way that we think now. We're starting to have roundabout uh, diverted pathways in our thinking about how we see something um another example you know um make changes in your patterns and, and routines so you know cook something different for dinner experiment go wild you know switch up your route to work things like that that break patterns and show you that you can do something outside of the box um will really help with creative thinking so there's the dreaming bit okay it's that that being able to think big um, and then there's the visualization. It's like, I can see these ideas, but I really want to say it's important for folks listening in. We are very good at visualizing things that aren't helpful to us. We're very good at visualizing when we messed up that moment. Um, you know, when we had spinach in our teeth, uh, when we left out that sentence and that, that, that keynote speech that we gave that no one else knows about, but you do, and you're beating yourself up about, we're very good at replaying tapes that harm us. You know, we start to negatively therapize ourselves and bully ourselves by replaying visual tapes in our mind. And so the point I make there with visualization is, you know, ask yourself a better what if, you know, like not what if, you know, what if they think I suck, but actually what if I can make this work? So it's like Replay, replaying tips that are going to help so we can build a memory of the future, a prospective memory. And then and then we come into claiming. So that's why I think it's really important to kind of just crack through those two layers. But then when it comes to claiming, I think a big part of it is, um, is hunger. 
right? It's like yeah. if you aren't hungry for something, you aren't you aren't gonna have the tenacity to claim something. And if you can't be bothered, if you don't have the motivation, if you don't have the drive, if you don't have you know. And when when I speak about hunger, uh, Joe, I, I talk about three D hunger. There's three Ds to hunger. Um, uh, so one of one of those Ds is is discipline. All right, it's just I'm gonna just kind of do it you know, over and over and over and over again. Uh, you know, uh, another D is desire. I absolutely want to, I want to do it. And the other D is desperation, you know, so a combination of I'm desperate for it. Uh, I'm disciplined to get it. Um, and, uh, you know, I desire it, uh, really feeds into hunger. And when you have hunger and you practice, you outwork your hunger, you start to, you start to have some peculiar, uh, you know, ways of thinking uh, when you compare that to your norm. Okay, from your kind of uh, your 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 kind of uh, your, your your traditional baseline of thinking, and you start to think, you know what? Um, this is a reality that's I'm pulling tomorrow. I'm pulling tomorrow into today. Can I put it that way? I'm pulling tomorrow into today. That's a pretty straightforward overview, and I love those three Ds. The bottom line is that if we want to take action as change agents, we need to get really hungry for that change. Okay, so let's pause here and consider what we got out of this discussion so far. To become more powerful and energized change agents, we need to one, make brain improvements. And like body improvements, it takes time and discipline and practice developing yourself using a regimen. Two, part of that regimen is dreaming and to not let our experience limit our dreams. Three, another part of that regimen is visualizing ourselves, taking action to more fully engage our brain in taking those actions. Four, the third part of that regimen is then claiming ownership for making our visualized dream into a reality which requires us to take action. And finally five, claiming requires you to stoke the three Ds that drive your hunger for action, your desire, your desperation, and your discipline. In the next segment of this discussion, we're going to explore tools like individual and shared vision boards. We'll also talk about other factors that you need to consider to build up your energy to drive change. All of this and more when we return. But first, let's pause and revisit our mission and once more acknowledge our sponsors. This is ERG Power Talk, and I'm your host, Joe Santana. The purpose of ERG Power Talk is to provide a forum for the exchange of great ideas and inspiration for ERG leaders, as well as others who are interested in supporting ERGs. No more waiting until the next conference and praying that you have the budget to travel to the conference in order to find great ideas and stimulation toward action. Just subscribe and listen at your convenience. Before we begin, a quick note of thanks to our supporters and sponsors, Behringer Ingelheim, CVS Health, Dollar General, Freighter Health and Wisconsin Medical College, Mass Mutual, McCormick, Johnson Controls, Pitney Bowes, Daimler Trucks North America, and Sony Pictures Entertainment. Now, let's go straight to the program. And we're back. Let's rejoin Dr. T. 
So one way to strengthen our dreams, strengthen our vision, and strengthen our hunger to claim is to make our goals as concrete as possible. And one of the ways that you talk about doing this is using a vision board. But before we jump into talking about vision boards, can you give a quick overview of what these are and a general sense of how you use them for our listeners? It's a fun thing to do. And it really is a way of externalizing your internal imagination. All right. So you have a screen in your mind and you can start to picture things uh, of the life that you are working toward. And that might be a picture of your physical body, what shape you're in, uh, how you have your haircut, what you wear. It could be a, a picture of your environment, where you live, the house um, that you're in, um, uh, the, the size of it, where it's based. It can be a picture of your family, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it's great that you visualize it, but it's very powerful when you literally start sketching it out or cutting out pictures that resemble the bits of your, your visionary picture you're going after. And this could be for your personal life, but it can be for your professional life. And the idea is you, you could just find these images, stick them on a board and put them up. And the great thing is that you start to see them every day. I mean, you got to put them in a place that you're going to see them every day. Don't just tuck them away in a drawer, but put it on the back of a door or on your notice yep. board somewhere where you're going to see it every day because it's consistent. We are not always consistent. Our level of belief, our uh, focus of attention isn't always on that. But every time we see it, boom, it's a reminder. It literally speaks back to you what you, you, know, you believe for. You know, it's that better life that you believe for. And it's a reminder. It's like a coach on a wall in a sense. And again, because it's visual and you process it quickly and fast, it's different from reading through an essay uh, that you've written about your, the, you know, the, the life or the business or, the, or the, you know, the future that you want. So that's a vision board. It's a fun exercise and it's something that you can do over and over again. You're not signing your life away when you do it once. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not a, a citizenship or a birth certificate or anything. You can redo it next week or next month, but they're, they're, they're really helpful. And they're, they're also a journey of exploration. You start to learn things about yourself. You start to learn things about your heart, your inner desires and things that. So that's the vision board. That's a really powerful tool. And another way that resource group leaders can use a vision board is to create a shared picture of what they would like the group to accomplish. They can get everybody involved in putting up pictures and creating this collage vision board that literally shows what they want the group to accomplish, what they want the organization to look like as a result of the work that they're doing. And there are so many other ways that you can use something like this. It can be used to keep the group focused on their common dream. It can be used to explain the group's mission to prospects and leaders. And of course, it can be used to constantly remind and reinforce in the group leaders and the group members their shared objectives. And we can just go on and on. But give us some of your examples of how you've seen these vision boards used. What do you get out of doing a vision board with a client as their coach? So after the vision board is done, not only do they start to crystallize a picture of the future they're working toward, but I start to understand that as their coach. And because I start to understand that, what I try and do is see what they're seeing. I don't want them to tell me their vision. I want to see what they're seeing. Uh, and that's really important in leadership, isn't it, uh, Joe? Because, you know, um, a leader, all, you know, we've heard this story before, a leader, you know, they've got a clear vision, they're passionate about it, they love their organization, their business and what they're going for, but they feel like no one else gets it, you know? And then their people are asking they're asking, they're asking the leader, hey, what's the vision again? Where are we going? And they're like, well, I told you a million times. <laughs> like, why aren't you getting it? But that's the problem, isn't it? Because like I told you, I didn't help you see it. 
I told yeah. you what the vision was. And I, and I, I think like, um, uh, you know, ha- sharing a vision with somebody else um, is about looking down a telescope and seeing something in the distance and going, wow. And then you come off the telescope and you get your friend on. You say, hey, hey, look down this telescope and, and see what I can see. And now they're seeing it for themselves. So anyway, I, I need to see what my client is seeing. Um, and then I become their source of spatial repetition. And spatial repetition really is about um, hijacking your brain's ability to consolidate memories. You see, your, your, your brain is very energy efficient when it comes to what it wants to store and save, but also forget. And it's, there's no use in forgetting that which you visualize, right? So you create a vision and you forget it, no use. But um, when I become, when I see what they're seeing, I become a reminder of that. I start to believe what they are seeing and, and speak to them as if they're in that state. So if they see themselves a, as a very healthy and fit person and refer to them as that healthy, fit person, and it's called the, uh, the Pygmalion effect, the Pygmalion effect. And, and that is that when you have a high expectation of someone, they start to fulfill it, yeah. simply put. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so um, the spatial repetition uh, method um, is about reminding yourself of st- of the things that you are likely to forget in a particular spatial pattern. Uh, there's no point going over the things that you remember over and over again. Um, the best time to remember something is when you start to forget it. So I bear that in mind. When is their vision drifting out of their memory? Bring it back. Boom. Uh, when is it drifting out? Bring it back. And um, so, yeah, uh, we start to see some really good results over the coaching. Um, that Yeah, the life that I started to visualize for my business, for my team, for my staff, uh, you know, I wanted to grow my team. Boom, did that. I wanted to um, have more good news reports flooding in to our business from our clients. That's happening. So it's wonderful to see. That's great. So as group leaders, our members want to energize all of their members. They want to make sure that all their members are focused on creating a better workplace. They want to make sure that all their members have that energy to get things done. So what can these leaders do using these tools to focus their members' attention on common objectives and to pump up their energy? Loads of stuff, right? So number one, as a leader, if you want your group to be energized, if you want your team to be energized, then it's really got to start with you, okay? Because remember, leaders, of course, they are thermostats, not thermometers. A thermometer will take on the temperature of the room, reflect it back. It's simply just saying what the environment is saying, but a thermostat sets the temperature of the room. And as a leader, we get to emanate that. We get to emanate energy. We get to emanate passion. So we've got to be there first before other people are going to be there. We can't expect um, other people just to be whipped up into shape. So, you know, that's that's really important for, for, for a leader to self-manage their motivation, their belief, their desire, all that kind of great stuff. When it comes to motivating a group, I think you hit the nail on the head, Joe. Shared visions are so, so powerful and important. Collaborative, like we live in a world of collaborative leadership, right? If you think about some of the best TV programs that are on TV right now, they're the ones that we all get to vote in, right? Who was the best singer? Phone in or vote in. You know, who was the best act? Phone in or vote in. We all want to vote. And that's the kind of, that's how we're wired, okay? We want to collaborate. And gone are the days when that single woman or single man leader comes out and saying, this is where we're going. We just, humans don't really respond to that anymore because we love community. We love to interact and we're very, very, um, 
uh, uh, kind of geared that way. So build a shared picture. Oh, but Dr. T, how do I do that in a virtual world? Well, get it on Teams, open up the canvas. This is really low tech. Open up the canvas and hey, guys, drag some images onto the page and let's just have some fun and move things around and create a visual picture. And the beauty of it is that when you tune this and fight, like I think it's like pottery, right? It's never just done immediately you got to shape it and you shape it over time you got to tend to it and, and and it really is shaped over time um but when you create something that's visual and tangible what you do is you literally create a shared neural circuit among the minds of the people that are in the room what does this mean it means that we all have a common way of thinking about something now what does that mean? It means that all the energy in the room is pointing in the same direction, which is therefore movement. It's therefore like culture, like it, it comes alive. Um, and so, you know, sometimes, you know, leaders are struggling or groups are struggling. Oh, there's not enough energy here. Oh, there is energy. It's just all pointing in different directions. All right. Some want to go left, some want to go right, some want to go up, some want to go down, <laughs> some want to take a nap, but everyone's got energy. Everyone's got motivation. So how do you how do you how do you line up in a, in, a, in, a, in a common direction? What's the North Star? Collaborative vision building is 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 absolutely like key key to do that. Um, but I think the third thing I'll say is that we've got to uh, we, the, the the terms of engagement have changed now that we're in a virtual world right like before you could motivate people to a meeting with oh there are free sandwiches there are no free sandwiches anymore <laughs> what's the war <laughs> you know and so uh you know there's so, so now what you got is you got 20 people on screen and you know about a third of them have got their their their, their cameras off and they're taking a bath <laughs> and they're sort of here in the media, you know, it's like, we, 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 this is the reality, it's the reality of the world we live in. Right. And so the, the way that we generate energy on screen in, in virtual meetings is, is quite different into, in, in the 3D world. Um, and, you know, we, we, we can get into that, but um, I would say a really important part of maintaining energy in a virtual meeting and virtual group um, meetings is keep the pitter patter going. Keep the pitter patter going. Don't have don't have one person monologuing for fifteen minutes to a slide. You know, hey, what do you think, Sam? Oh, I think this. Hey, what about you, Sandra? What do you think about that one? Oh, this is what the, you know. Keep the pitter patter going. People want to be involved, engaged. Excellent points. So, what else do you recommend? What are other things our resource group leaders who are listening can do to keep their energy up to peak levels? If you want to raise your energy, you got to take the full 360 approach. That, that, that would be my position. That's that's how I see it. I want to take a full 360 approach. What do I mean by that? Well, there's no silver bullet for energy. Um, we've been talking a lot uh, about vision, which is so, so important. Vision, values, you know, stimulating your ventromedial prefrontal cortex and your brain. I have a brain, Joe, that sits on my desk all the time because that's psychiatrists and business do and uh, there's an area in the in, in the in the in the the frontal lobe that sits around there that when it's stimulated when it lights up it actually improves your goal attainment probability so for example a study on in weight loss studies showed that one cohort were asked to go lose some weight they were given some education go lose some weight another cohort were asked to go lose some weight but they were encouraged to think about their values you know, to, you know, to, to go through their affirmations and think about, Hey, you know, like, 
Why? Why is this a good thing? Well, you know what? I'm going to have longevity of life. I'm going to be here for my grandkids. I'm going to like enjoy my mobility in my older years. Guess who lost more weight? Okay. Like no. it was like it was the group that were, were thinking about their, their values. So we've been talking about vision. We've been talking about values. Very, very powerful stuff. But here's some top tips that you know uh, that you can attack this idea of energy from other angles as full 360 and i call it dr t's swans look after your swans is what i tell people and they're like what do you mean dr t well look after your swans simple stuff it goes a long way number the s in swans stands for sleep you gotta look after your sleep tissue regeneration memory consolidation all that good stuff you look after your sleep you want to look after your hydration all right, water intake is what the W stands for in swans. Like um, it, you know, the human brain performs 12 to 14 times better in certain cognitive tasks when it's well hydrated compared to not being that way, okay? So, you know, keep, drinking the H2O is important. The, the A in swans is activity. You gotta move more than you sit. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and, and as we boost our activity, we're boosting cardiovascular health, which ultimately boosts our brain health as well more energy uh n is nutrition you want to fuel the body right uh with uh, you know the the right kind of macros uh you want to have the right kind of uh vitamin spread all that kind of stuff but then the the s in swans is manage your stress you have the best vision in the world the greatest values but if you're overstressed you will underperform when you're overstressed you lose your sleep you lose your hydration your diet goes out the window uh you don't move so much you're gonna manage your stress. Anyway, Joe, that's a practical handle there. Look after your, your your swans. And the final thing I'd throw in there is to manage your relationships as well, because there are certain people that are energized in the company of others, and there's certain people that are energized in the log cabin. Try and work out where you sit on that spectrum right now in life and do something about that. You know, if you're a quiet time kind of gal or guy, then go get some quiet time and energize. Yep. Uh, if you're someone that needs to, you know, feed off the energy of other people, then, then, then connect more with your friends, get on zoom. And it's hard in these days, isn't it? In COVID, but um, like, we've got to get innovative in the way that we connect. Um, but there you go. Vision values. Yes, of course, look after your swans, manage your, uh, manage your relationship world. That's all great information. And I love that acronym swans sleep water activity nutrition and stress management i'm gonna tape that up on my wall so i could see it all the time so where can our listeners go and get more resources around these topics well the ted talk's a nice place to start because we've been basing a lot of our conversation on that and so you know there's there's an 18 minute tedx talk um by myself and it's called um the power of shifting the way you think the power of shifting the way you think is a is a nice place to start um while we're on youtube a really low tech very simple way of of boosting motivation is to literally hunt for some motivational videos motivational uh sound snippet videos um there there are thousands around but um you know rather than scrolling mindlessly on facebook or um twitter for the next dopamine hit maybe just plug into something that really resonates with you some of these motivation um soundbite videos are to do with you know building good habits never giving up um the grind pushing through having a vision you know you can easily find something that just fits your situation in the moment and go ahead and listen to that in the car maybe or on your walk um so i think i think those are you know really really good ideas i think another good idea is to get yourself a journal 
a lot of lack of motivation and energy comes from being defocused. And what I mean by that is our brain is being pulled in so many different directions. We just don't know like what our priorities are. We're good at scheduling, but not um, scheduling our priorities, right? So getting a journal helps you crystallize those thoughts. And there are loads out there and you need to find that one that fits for you. But one that, one I, a, a, a kind of a recipe I think that's quite helpful, Joe, is a good mix of being able to journal your thoughts and feelings and keep an eye on your tasks at the same time. I think both are good, but one without the other feels a little bit like, you know, it's like it's, it's food without the water or water without the food. I think both are really important. So one's an emotional intelligence exercise. The other is about organization and keeping on top of your, your priorities. So I think those are some, some good resources. Excellent. And how can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah. So to reach me, I think the website's a good place to go to because I have a contact form on the website. Okay. And if anyone has a question about coaching or a question about having me speak for them, then the website is Dr. Tarika. So it's D-R and then Tarika, T-H-A-R-A-K-A. So it's D-R-T-H-A-R-A-K-A.com, drtarika.com, drtarika.com. And there's a contact form at the bottom of uh, the uh, landing page, uh, punch in your question, say hello, uh, just uh, shoot me a message and I'll, I'll get back to you. Fantastic. Dr. T, thank you for joining me today. All right, Joe, take it easy. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. See ya. So let's tally up what we've learned in this second segment of our discussion with Dr. T. One, we learned about vision boards and how to use them to collect powerful images that externalize your inner goals and help you make them concrete, powerful, and attractive. Two, we learned how ERG leaders can benefit by building shared vision boards as a way of closely communicating and connecting their objectives. This is also a great tool, I believe, for ERG coordinators and managers in the office of DEI. Three, we learned how remote work doesn't prevent you from creating a shared vision board. You can do this on virtual whiteboards. Four, a few more things we learned about increasing your energy and your group's energy is to A, Show up with energy as a leader and B, keep everyone actively involved instead of just passively watching. And finally, five, we learned about the importance of taking care of our swans. Your five swans are sleep, water hydration, activity, nutrition, and stress management. And of course, we don't want to forget to engage our values and keep our personal networks and our relationships healthy. Oprah Winfrey once said, energy is the essence of life. Every day you decide how you're going to use it by knowing what you want and what it takes to reach that goal and by maintaining focus. As ERG leaders, you can take steps to increase and focus your energy as well as the energy of your group to shape your organization into that more equitable and inclusive company of the future. Of course, to do that while maintaining your day job and caring for your loved ones means you need to practice good self-care. I hope that the lessons shared in this episode will stimulate you to practice good self-care so you can build up energy and get the most out of the essence of your life, your precious energy. Thank you for tuning in to ERG Power Talk. 
If you enjoyed and got value out of this program, please like us and leave a favorable review at your podcast provider site. Also, invite others to listen to the show. By the way, contact me if you're looking for an ERG symposium keynote or a leader for your strategy workshop, new chair onboarding, and or ERG bootcamp. I can run these for you either in person or in a virtual setting. Also, for more great ideas and tips for your ERGs, get my book, Supercharge Your ERGs, 18 Tips to Power Up Your ERG Strategy on Amazon.com. I'm Joe Santana, and thanks again for tuning in.